Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow golfers, for your entertainment. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa, brought to you by the Hagen Oaks Golf Super Shop, America's most awarded golf facility. Nature Wood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. Well, welcome into the <clears throat> welcome into another edition of the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Hi, everyone. I'm Frank LaRosa. Uh, Scott Marsh is there. Scott, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Frank. Can't wait for the show. We uh, we've had some some fun this week. You and I got to play in a uh, new car dealers tournament at uh, Northridge Country Club, and uh, you actually had a a pretty good round that day. My uh, you know my assessment of of my round would be um, you know I probably should have withdrawn after the second hole, but <laughs> we're gonna we're we're actually gonna learn how to deal with that today on the show because uh, Drew Millard uh, is the uh, author of a book called how golf can save your life. So we're, we're going to learn how I should have dealt with that better, I guess. Well, hopefully it has a lot to say for both of us because there's obviously times when I walk off the golf course and I'm not feeling great about it either. So that's a, that's a pretty weighty title and I'm looking forward to fighting about what all that means. I have to say that uh, Northridge Country Club was in incredible shape. The, uh, the Bermuda fairways that they have, the ball set up really nicely uh the greens boy they they were driving us nuts they the, the flags were in some interesting positions but uh but it all around what a what a beautiful golf course that is northridge is fantastic and that was a great tournament and we had a great time and yes i i, I love that course and it was it was immaculate i actually got out uh twice this week because i was able to play over the weekend with uh with the G-Man, and we played out at Mather, and uh, that course obviously was uh, was in great shape as well. It's this time of year, um, you know, the the golf courses are are pretty much at their best. You know, they're they're starting to grow in. They're uh, the the greens are all looking good. They haven't been chewed up yet. Uh, the aeration has uh, has taken effect, and uh, it's it's just it's good golf. It's good golf, and I think this year with all the rain, the rough is lush, the, the the fairways are green, so it's just, to your point, it's it's the best time ever almost to be out on a golf course. Also on the show today, Andy McDowell, our friend, uh, the executive director at the Fortinet Championship. Uh, he's in his uh, second year there now. Uh, I, I say second year because he, he had a uh, kind of a short start on the first year, but uh, he's had a full year under his belt now. And we're looking forward to hearing about uh, about the Fortnite Championship. Yeah, that's an awesome tournament coming up in September. You and I are going to be involved with that. Our station will be as well. I, I can't wait to hear about all the new changes and things going on. You know, and uh, they they uh, have invited me back to uh, to MC the um, the media day uh, press conference as well, and so I'm I'm looking forward to that and and talking uh, to to the folks there as well. Yeah, that's going to be a blast in July. All that and more coming up on this edition of the Golf To Go Radio Hour. Back with more right after this. It's the Golf To Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. Welcome in. This is the Golf To Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. He's Scott Marsh. And uh, Scott, uh, it's really exciting this time of year as we begin to think about, um, about professional golf coming back to Northern California. It is. This is a great time of year. We're getting into the summer months, which means we're heading towards September and we're, we're really starting to look forward to uh, the Fortnite Championship coming back our way. 
You know, it's been uh, really exciting to to have that tournament over at uh, at Silverado Resort and in Napa. And I, you and I were there last year and the year before as well. But but what I find really really exciting about about that is you know you've got some of the top players in the world playing, but you're you're, you're at a resort that is uh, that sort of breeds relaxation. It, it's it's a it's an incredible vibe that that happens at that tournament. And we're going to talk more about that with uh, with Andy McDowell coming up. But uh, what what's what's your take on that? Well, first of all, you're in Napa, Frank, so you, you you absolutely can't beat that. It's a perfect location for a PGA event. It's not just about the golf, which is fantastic, but of course the wine and everything else that you can have involved in the area. It's one of the most fan friendly events on the tour. Well, we're gonna we're gonna find out more about that and get the official word on all of that from uh, Andy McDowell. Andy is the executive director of the Fortinet Championship and and a and a friend. And Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, good uh, good morning, Frank Scott. Thanks for having me on. You know, uh, I, I can tell your your hair is actually not on fire, but uh, I have the the notion that uh, at at any moment it it could just burst into flames. You you guys are. Uh, you know, this obviously is a year-round project, but as you get closer to September, I'm sure your your days are are pretty hectic. Yeah, uh, no doubt. We're 110 days to tournament week, and you know, the closer you get to that date, the more uh, the more things that pop up on the radar. But having spent the last seven eight months planning it, there's a lot of anticipation to get to that date and uh, see some changes and 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 see the fruits of the labor uh, come to life. You know, I'm I'm guessing that this is a, a much more uh, comfortable year for you. You came in last year, kind of uh, at the at the end of, of of planning, and and now you've had a, a full year under your belt. Um, what's your what's your feeling about this particular tour event, and 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 I guess your comfort level now being executive director and and moving forward. Uh, good, uh, good question. I, last year I started, uh, Monday of tournament week. Uh, I had the fortune to sit in on a few weeks of planning calls, but, uh, literally day, uh, day one, we had sponsors showing up for our, for our Monday pro-am and we were selling tickets and we were getting ready for the professionals to show up and, and to, um, uh, I had the perspective to attend the event for four years as a spectator and as a media partner, um, and so I, I think it was very helpful to me because uh, we're a golfing family. My kids are uh, 18 and 15. My daughter's a competitive high school golfer. My son played junior golf. So we loved attending it. We loved how close we could get to the players. My my daughter got a chance to meet Justin Thomas one year, and, and she still has his hat up on um, her mantle. He actually He actually gave it to her when he autographed it. So I knew what the tournament on professional golf and golf as a sport meant to my family. So when the opportunity popped up, um, it was a pretty quick decision for me. And to now look at the planning and my role through that lens as as a spectator and through the lens of my kids has, has really helped me as we try and do all we can to enhance this event and, and make it the best we possible can for, for our PGA Tour players, for our sponsors, and for our spectators. You know, we're going to get into this a little more a little later, but but as you as you were telling the story about your daughter in the hat and Justin Thomas, it 
what what was going through my mind is how really fan friendly this particular tournament is. And, and again, I, I, as Scott and I were, were talking, I think it has something to do with the setting. I think the players kind of relax when they come here too. But uh, but I, I, I when I describe the Fortnite Championship, I, I think fun and and um, and relaxation is is you know is is really what comes out first in my mind. Yeah, and, and the beauty about golf, whether it's a Fortnite championship or, or 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 any other event out there, is you know golf's so unique in that just about every seat you have is the equivalent to a courtside seat at a Warriors game or or, or a front row seat next to the dugout in a um, uh, in a professional baseball game, and 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 there's certain parts of the course where where congestion may be your two or three people deep and there's certain parts of the course where you can bring your chair and sit down and, 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 and watch JT or Max Helmer or someone else have a conversation with their caddy about, about what shot they're going to hit on that tee box. Um, and so it's just so accessible uh, uh, compared to other things. And, and, and some of us may talk about how we played high school baseball or how we played high school football. And we may know what Brock Purdy's going through, but it's pretty rare that, you know, you and I, Frank, can sit there and 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 say, you know what? I played that course and I, I had that same putt that um, Max Homa has now. Let's see how he's how he's going to handle it compared to me. Unfortunately, odds are they're usually much better at that putt than me. <laughs> but you're you're absolutely right. That is some of the magic and and the beauty of the game to you know to walk the same fairways that uh, that some of the greats did, and and you do this uh, at any course around the world, but. But certainly to have it right here in your own backyard and and having had the chance to play uh, uh, Silverado so many times, you, you're exactly right. I mean, you, you know that they're going to that that their uh, their resolution of the shot is is more than likely going to be nine times better than yours. But but to to be able to compare the fact that you were there, uh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. I, you know, you look at, you know, the peaks. In the valleys, you know, one of the one of the tough situations last year was, you know, on our 18th hole, Danny Willett, who's a tremendous player, you know, hit his approach shot to 43 inches, and 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 Homa was in the bunker, and he and, and he came out of the bunker into the rough, and 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 Homa chipped in, and the crowd went um, went nuts, and that's like the big moment that everyone remembers, and it was the Sports Center top 10. But I think we've all been in Danny Willett's shoes. Like it made me feel a little bit better to know that if a pro can three putt from forty three inches, I shouldn't feel that bad when I do it uh, two or three times every Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't think we want to paint the wrong picture that uh, we've got pros fumbling around. It's pretty spectacular it's that that goes on there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, we're we're in the middle of uh, of of some changes that that happening with the with the FedEx Cup schedule. And um, let's talk about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm never quite sure how to date it, you know, because uh, it, it kind of uh, runs through uh, a couple of years. And uh, the, the Fortinet Championship this year, you guys are the only tournament in September. That, that's really odd when, you're, when you, your expectation is that, you, you know, there, there's some golf every week. But uh, this is the only PGA Tour tournament in September. Uh, correct. And we're really excited about where we sit on the calendar this year. So uh, just like you said, Frank, we're the only tour PGA tour event in September where 
We're two weeks after the conclusion of the FedEx Cup playoffs, and we're 10 days prior to the Ryder Cup. So uh, certainly in, 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 in any year, it's an appealing tournament uh, to pros and families and um, caddies because it's Napa. It's usually gorgeous weather. It's, it's wine. Um, our partners at, at, at Alpha Omega help us put on a fantastic event for uh, the PGA Tour players' wives on Tuesdays. Uh, Fortinet last year launched the inaugural Bushwood Classic, which was the closest to the pin contest we did uh, when we did for the caddies. And, um, and 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 now where we are on the schedule, I think it's even more appealing to the players too compared to some of the tournaments we've butted up against in recent years. So we're going to market this to the Ryder Cup players as a fantastic place to come and and and, and prepare. Um, and hone their game before they go over to Italy. And we're certainly going to market it to the dozens of quality players who aren't going to be playing in the Ryder Cup, who may not want to take six or seven weeks off before that next uh, event in October. Scott, uh, you, you're looking forward to this, I know. Um, what what's what's on your mind for Andy? What, you know, I, I know you had a question you wanted to ask him and I, I keep asking all the questions. So let me get out of your way a second. Well, you're asking a lot of good questions, but Andy, I have a, I have a ton of questions as well. I know that you're making some changes to the course layout this year, and I'm really interested to find out the reasoning behind that. And if you can kind of explain what that's going to look like. Yeah, we, um, you know, when, when, when I, I came in and and our staff huddled and we met with the PGA Tour to go through you know a, a usual post event debrief and planning process. Um, we looked at it and and we partnered with Fortinet and said this is going to be the tenth year at Silverado, um, and and we've got some we've got some new blood and energy with the schedule and you know what happened with uh, with full swing and what that Netflix series did to bring all kinds of non-golfers into the game and, and and we just like stepped back and decided to look at the event look at the course through a fresh lens and 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 our partner Silverado have been fantastic the beautiful course and property and so we decided to look at it in terms of what can we do to elevate the experience for the players how, how can we elevate it for the sponsors and how can we elevate it for the spectators and one of the things we're doing that hits all three of those is changing the routes in which the players uh play it in so so the last five holes are going to be different it'll for the silverado diehards holes eight and nine turn into 14 and 15 and 10 and 11 uh, turn into 16 and 17 so from a spectator perspective now we have this really gorgeous five hole loop that's all in a very condensed area and a very easable uh, easily accessible place for them to walk to congregate um, and and for the TV viewers, and we think for the players, one of, one of the exciting things we did within that loop is Silverado members hole number 11, which is the signature par three, possibly the signature hole on the course, a beautiful par three over um, the lake, kind of right there where, where, where Johnny Miller grew up. We're turning that into hole 17. And we really wanted to bring that iconic hole into the finishing stretch to showcase the resort, show, showcase Napa, let people see it on TV. But we also wanted a part three late in the round, um, and so we're excited um, for this um, for this new route. We've got 
how we play the other 13 holes um, is about 90% done. Um, we have some ongoing conversations with the PGA Tour and our rules officials and our and, and our marshals uh, committee about how we get players from point A to point B and spectators um, in the safest and most efficient way possible. So we'll be announcing the entire 18-hole layout as we get closer to the tournament. But what we're doing on the last five holes is done, and we're real excited about it. Listening to you talk, Andy, you know, it, 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 it's it's amazing how much goes into putting on an event like this that, you know, basically lasts a week for, for the public. But you, you talk about talking with the rules officials and, and the PGA and, you know, getting your volunteers and, and making sure food is on online and available and, and restrooms and so on and so forth. The, the the planning for this kind of thing is just enormous and uh, obviously experience is really important here but how when when you sit down the day after this year's tournament what goes through the process to to prepare for next year well um usually you're pretty brain dead for about 48 hours <laughs> once um once you get through it uh i i came to this job from um a 25 year stint in college sports marketing and and what i tell my friends who ask these these kinds of questions is every day during tournament week is like running a college football game they're 12 hour days on our concert days they're 14 to 15 hour days um where I had the advantage working in college sports is that in between football games, though, we had six days to assess and respond and prepare. And in golf, we have six to seven hours. Um, so we do our best once things get running and rolling. And then and then it's usually a good 30-day process to uh, come up with, with our review. And, and there's just so many stakeholders involved from – from our title sponsor, Fortinet, to the PGA Tour, to Silverado, um, to working through agents and managers and, and 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 some of the folks on the tour that communicate with the players. And then, you know, uh, it takes us about a thousand volunteers to run this tournament. And they're really the lifeblood of the event. So we have a process to get uh, feedback from the volunteers. So that all takes a good 30 to 45 days just to gather that feedback. And then we figure out what worked well and we figure out what we want to get better at. And, and then we start planning for next year. Well, I'll tell you, you just made me a little brain dead kind of thinking about all of that. So I'm going to take a break here and uh, pay some bills. We're going to come back and talk with Andy McDowell, executive director of the Fortinet championship right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. Welcome back in. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour. You are listening on Sacktown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. He's Scott Marsh. Andy McDowell, the executive director of the Fortinet Championship, which comes to uh, Silverado Resort in Napa in September, is our guest today. Andy, I uh, appreciate you spending some time with us. You know, Fortinet is a, is a name that that basically came out of nowhere for for the uninitiated and uh, in in many ways rescued the tournament um, at at Silverado and Napa. Tell us a little bit about who Fortinet is and and why there's such a such a fascination uh, with being involved in the world of golf. Fortinet's a, a industry leading cybersecurity company based down in Sunnyvale, and uh, they became our title sponsor in 2021. And uh, you're exactly right they 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 saved it. Um, 
the previous uh, agreement with the previous title sponsor um, expired uh, the spring of 21 certainly was not the most ideal time to be in the marketplace uh, pitching multi-million dollar sponsorship deals. And interesting enough, the the title sponsorship deals are actually uh, negotiated um, and finalized between the PGA Tour and the sponsor. Our tournament staff handles all the local sponsorships. So, so the PGA Tour did a great job finding Fortinet. Uh, they came on board. Uh, it was like March or April of 2021, had a handful of months to plan that first tournament and um and and that was really their first um dip in the water in sports marketing and if we look at it just over two years later fortinet now sponsors 41 golf tournaments across um, across the globe there's 18 uh in total in the pga tour there's 17 that lead that lead up to this um, uh, up in Canada, they sponsor uh, the Canadian Tours version of the FedEx Cup. It's called it's called the Fortinet Cup. They're the official cybersecurity partner of the DP Tour in Europe, and uh, and they sponsored one event down in Australia. And I know um, they're looking to expand from there. And, and they've just done a phenomenal job in finding their niche and 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 making it work and the way they activate around our events and the others with bringing their customers and prospects on, um, on site, hosting a, um, a, a security summit at Silverado. They run them through uh, two different waves. They have a group of customers and prospects that comes in Monday through Wednesday, and then a different group that comes in Thursday through Saturday. And, and it's interesting because Fortinet doesn't speak at this conference they're the host and they bring in industry leaders to speak about um, cyber um, cybersecurity, but, but it's not about them and pitching their products. It's about them putting on an experience for people in their industry who want to learn more. You know, Scott and I have had the chance to, uh, to meet some of the uh, upper management and uh, we've been really impressed with not only their, uh, their business acumen, but, but the fact that, when 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 we saw them kind of come in and and as we said rescue the tournament from that point till today what what they've done has just been remarkable there's it it seems like if we're not going to do it first class they're just not going to do it and and that's pretty impressive um they strive for greatness in all that they did that they do and jim overbeck um who we deal with day-to-day um, is the most passionate, engaged uh, title sponsor in the country. And we love working with them every day. But they, what, you know, when I started, the focus was, hey, our, our branding is in good shape and the, sec- the, the security summit's in good shape. Andy, we want to partner with you and your staff to do all we can to make sure that the tour players and our spectators and our sponsors have the best experience possible. And and that's been really refreshing because sometimes the brands are more focused on the brands. In this case, the brand wants to grow the tournament and make it as big and successful as possible. You talk about the experience and and I alluded to it earlier and I think Scott would agree how uh, how much fun the, the tournament is, but uh, it, it, it really is, it's not just going to a golf tournament. I mean, there's, there's so many things for, 
for people to do, even even a, a couple of folks that uh, one likes golf and one doesn't, you, both can be entertained uh, at, at the tournament. Tell us, Andy, what what anybody that has not been to a PGA Tour event, but uh, certainly specifically not to the Fortinet Championship at, at Silverado Resort, what, what can they expect when they walk on the grounds? Uh, beautiful setting. We'll have a new um, local concession area this year with food trucks and local restaurants. Um, you know, we want people to walk in and, and, and know and feel that they're in, um, that they're in Napa. Um, we're going to have a, uh, a new wine bar area where uh, it's really our counter to people that would rather wine taste than maybe come uh, come to the golf tournament. Well, we can deliver that experience um, on the course now and We'll have just one particular wine bar near the entrance we'll, where our spectators can sample 18 to 20 different wines. Um, and um, our concert series runs Friday and Saturday night. Last year, we we moved the concerts to the south course. There's there's two courses at Silverado, the, the championship north course and the south course. And, and we moved the concert stage to the second fairway in the south course and if there's a more beautiful setting for a concert, I haven't seen it yet. And um, that's a neat event because that brings people who maybe may not have come to a golf tournament if, if it wasn't for the concerts and they walk away with a great experience. Kids 15 and under are free um, with a paid parent. Um, so it's a family event, it's food, it's wine, it's a beautiful setting. It's music. I think it just appeals to so many different kinds of people. Scott, when you were driving home last year after after being at the tournament, what was going through your mind? Oh, I just had a great time because, you know, I went for the full day for the event, stayed for the concert afterwards. I'm really looking forward to seeing the new uh, concert venue. I'm interested in seeing the concert lineup, which I know you guys are close to announcing as well, which will be great. And um, I think for a lot of our uh, people listening out there, Andy, I mean, they would love to be a part of this. And you talk about volunteers and so many people that are needed. How would somebody, Do you are you still actively recruiting volunteers? And how would somebody go about becoming a part of the event that way? We recruit volunteers on, on, on a year-round basis. It's one of the most important things we do. Um, we have a staff of about 25 from our company, Sport 5, that comes in to manage and run the event. We partner with um, with the PGA Tour. But most of the work is done by roughly 1,000 volunteers, and, and we can't do it without them. They're the lifeblood of the tournament. Um, uh, there's lots of information on our website, fortnetchampionship.com. Um, about volunteer opportunities, uh, no experience is needed, and, and and you don't need to know a thing about golf. Um, we've got 30 different committees that those thousand volunteers uh, can choose to work under or 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 work in. And and I I love talking to our volunteers. Last year, a lot of them work multiple PGA Tour events. Uh, we see. Uh, quite a few folks go down to Pebble Beach for um, for the for the AT&T. I met quite a few who went down to Phoenix for the WM. Um, even saw some um, when I went down and attended the American Express in in La Quinta. And it's just a great experience for them to see behind the scenes action, uh, help us raise money for charity, um, and get access to cool things that even um, our spectators don't. And some 
you know, examples of, of the sorts of things that, that interested volunteers could get into. You know, it could be uh, working on our hospitality committee, which um, is greeting our patrons and sponsors when they enter their hospitality venues. Spotters, um, which is always fun, helping the pros find their balls in the rough. Gallery management, merchandise, supply chain distribution. We need golf cart drivers to shuttle our ADA spectators. Um, like I said, there's 30 different areas um, that people can help. We see a lot of people come back year in and year out to do it. Um, and uh, we do ask for, for a $50 donation that helps offset their $200 in apparel. Uh, they get daily food and beverage, access to a volunteer headquarter tent. Um, they get uh, uh, access to the tournament and the concerts. They get a daily guest pass to bring um, 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 anyone they want. And for our volunteers this year who work 20 hours or more, they get a second daily guest pass. And all that information is at fortnetchampionship.com. And we've got a staff that um, that that can take one-on-one uh, questions or conversations uh, should people have any questions. But that's one message I want to get across today. And I really appreciate the platform. But um, if you love golf, if you love people, uh, um, if you love uh, participating in things that benefit charity, um, please give it a look. We'd love to have you. Yeah. And maybe you could talk about the charity aspect so much because the PGA donates so much to charity. Can you talk about this event and what the impact is? So 100% of proceeds from all PGA Tour events um, are designated to charity. So the tour last year surpassed $3 billion in lifetime giving. Um, our tournament, um, our tournament distributed just under three hundred thousand dollars to uh, about eight to nine local charities last year, um, and 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 now that we're in year three with Fortinet and 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 we've got some things figured out on the course, we have some very ambitious goals to grow those charitable distributions over the next one to two to three years, um, and and so I think you'll definitely start to see a much bigger impact that. Um, we can make. And as that relates to volunteers, you know, for every volunteer we get, it's one less person we have to hire. So literally every volunteer we get helps us put more money in the charitable pool. And the vast majority of those funds stay uh, in the Napa Valley. Andy, when can we expect to uh, to hear about some of the players and, and the concerts and how we get tickets and all of that? Concerts and tickets will be announced uh, in, in in mid June. We we historically target Father's Day week and U.S. Open week as a good time to go on sale. That's all dependent on on when we get our our concert acts finalized. Um, we're really close on two, and uh, hope to have those the, those those artists secured soon. So uh, I'll just say for now, tentatively in mid-June, we'll, we'll go on sale for tickets. Um, and uh, player player field, um, we know Max Homa's most likely uh, going to be back as, as, as our two-time champion and, and a Fortinet ambassador. Um, the rest of the player field will come together usually two to four weeks Prior to the tournament, um, a lot of, of the top 50 to top 70 guys are going to see how they do in the three uh, playoff events. 
um, later in the summer, but uh, we'll start to announce who's who's in our field, hopefully two to three weeks prior. You know, it's interesting question as you were talking. I'm I'm thinking, you know, you're you're so deeply involved in all the planning, and and during that week, you know, it it's it's Andy this, Andy that. But sitting here today, what are you most looking forward to at the Fortinet Championship this year? Um, I'm most interested to see how our how our spectators and our players react to the changes with the routing of the holes. Um, that's probably number one. And uh, I'm very interested to see if, uh, if Max Holm is able to pull off a rare feat and win it three straight years. <laughs> Those are both, both pretty exciting things to look forward to. Um, Scott, I don't know the way Andy uh, kind of, kind of uh, talked about what you get as a volunteer, we might be better off, uh, you know, dropping the media badges and going down and be volunteers. What do you think? I know you couldn't see me, but I was raising my hand and I was already looking up on the website what I could do to be a part of it. <laughs> I love it. We'll take you. We'll take you. It is um, it is um, a ton of fun and it's such a great group of people and, and, and they're so passionate about helping us put Napa in the best light possible and put the Fortnite championship in the, um, in the best light possible. So We'll take you both. We'll take your friends. We'll take your family. Let's get out there and have some fun. You guys have uh, have always been uh, very welcoming, very uh, hospitable to uh, to us, and we appreciate uh, the relationship and the friendship. And look forward to seeing you down the road, especially at Media Day, and and uh, continue to uh, to let our listeners here in Northern California know about the Fortinet Championship coming in September to Silverado Resort in Napa. Yeah, thank you for the support and the opportunity. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. He's Andy McDowell, Executive Director of the Fortuna Championship. Scott Marsh and I will be back with more right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. Welcome back into the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Frank LaRosa along with Scott Marsh and... Uh, Scott, you know, I got a, a, a an email, uh, a release from a from a publicist a, a couple of weeks ago um, about a new book that had been written called "How Golf Can Save Your Life." Um, sometimes when we're on the golf course, uh, I'm, I'm not sure it's saving us. But sometimes I feel it's how golf is ruining my life. Yeah, but I was I was just fascinated by the title, and so uh, we uh, are welcoming in the author of that book. Drew Millard, who uh, who wrote the book, How Golf Can Save Your Life. That's that's a pretty bold statement there, Drew. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me on. Um, it, it's 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 um, obviously when um, when someone writes uh, something, we have uh, what we call literary license. But uh, uh, the first chapter of your book is called How Golf Saved My Life. So, you know. Uh, what's that all about? How did it happen? Are you what, tell me about your golf career and, and how you got to this point? I wouldn't call what I have going on a golf career. That would be more more auspicious than maybe I deserve. But you know, I started playing golf when I was a kid. It was a great way to bond with my dad. You know, when I was like seven or eight. And from there, I started playing in tournaments in middle school, was never very good. Um, 
got on the high school golf team was never very good then, but you know, it was like a really fun experience and like a great way to, you know, just hang out with my friends. And then once I got to college, I sort of like played recreationally every once in a while. And I really, after that, just sort of like let the game go. Um, I moved to New York where I became a writer. Then I moved to LA where I continued writing and I was working in digital media, which is a really tough environment. Um, you know, like something like this show, y'all have an audience who is loyal and that's really admirable, um, especially because in digital media, those loyal audiences are much smaller. And instead, you are basically every single day, every article you put out is competing against everything else on the internet for attention. And so you have to be working fast and making things like really ridiculous. And, you know, putting out like three or four articles a day or something, uh, if like just you individually. And so that is a recipe that can lead to a lot of burnout. And that's really what happened to me in 2016. I got burned out. I got depressed. I moved back to where I grew up in Western North Carolina. And as part of my sort of recovery from everything I was dealing with, I picked up golf again for, you know, the first time <clears throat> in a few years and really found that, you know, the experiences I was having on the course provided me with a lot of opportunity to think about sort of everything I'd been going through, mull over what I'd been talking to my therapist about. And really, you know, I was going in with no expectations. And so, you know, even hitting a horrible shot was like fun at the time. Yeah. And, you know, it was almost like play acting sort of actual recovery because I would hit a bad shot. I would get in a bad situation and I began sort of like training myself to think, okay, well, I'm in a bad spot, but I've always got another chance. I've always, you know, I can always get out of this. I'm always advancing the ball closer to the hole, to the ultimate goal, even if, you know, things are weird and it takes a while, eventually I'll get there. And, you know, that really gave me a whole new perspective that allowed me to, you know, get back on my feet. Many, many um, players and, and people that uh, have been associated with the game over the years have have said that uh, golf is, uh, you know, is is the closest thing to life that uh, that that we can find as a sport, and and certainly you've, uh, you know, basically that I'm guessing that's the basis of your book. You talk about, uh, you know, uh, you became a better listener, a better friend, a better son, and so on and so forth. These these are things that certainly the first T is. Um, you know, is is famous for in, in teaching these kinds of life skills uh, to children at a young age. But um, for you to go back and, and kind of rediscover them is is kind of a, a different way to come to the same conclusion, I guess. And, you know, the first T is such a great organization. I, I really admire what they do. Um, and like the local chapter in Philadelphia, where I live, is also a really, really special uh, chapter. 
they work a lot with kids from uh, sort of not particularly great neighborhoods. And what they do by taking them to the golf course is they're not only, you know, teaching them these skills, but they're also just providing them with like green space because these kids live in like the inner city where there's not a lot of that. And they're also providing them with just a place where they can feel safe and be themselves, sort of a haven from uh, the greater issues of like gun violence that are currently uh, that are currently in the city where I live. And so, yeah, I mean, I love the first tee. Um, and it's also interesting that you mentioned that because, or mentioned sort of coming to these skills as an older person, because, you know, ever since the pandemic started, there have been like, I think 2 million people who have started playing golf or gotten really into it. And a lot of those people are coming to it from a really different angle than a lot of the people who've been playing for years, where it's like they're using it as a way to like get outside, be in green space, hang out with their friends. And they're not really that concerned with how they're shooting. Um, and it's just been like a fascinating thing to watch happen as I'm writing this book about sort of a lot of the same things. You know, Scott, we, we make fun of our golf games a lot and, and we talk about frustration with bad shots and everything, but I think you, you and I both agree every time we finish a round and, and shake a hand that, uh, that the experience that we've shared you know, was, was much more than, than the game. It was, it was uh, the relationship and being out there. I agree with that. I may not feel that way as I'm walking off the 18th uh, <laughs> green all the time. Uh, Drew, thanks for joining us. It's good to hear about you. And I appreciate you sharing your story. I always love people who are willing to open up and share. And I, I do find golf um, very therapeutic as well as somebody who needs an outlet and can hmm. suffer with stress and anxiety and all of those things. Like when I go out to the driving range or I play with friends, I, it's a release for me. It's just a great distraction. It's, it's a form of concentration that I can just kind of get my mind on a different wavelength. And um, I think you're absolutely right. Especially at the pandemic, people found a new appreciation for being outdoors with the value of maybe slowing down is a little bit the, the, the value of just being with friends for a period of time. We kind of lost that in our society. And I, I hope that's something that we all carry back. And it's an important point to, to really consider. And that's, that's really to Frank's point, part of the overall uh, appeal to golf is that it offers all of those things. And I don't know if we really thought about it in that light before. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's funny. Um, when I was writing the book, um, at some point, the book sort of became a book, it became almost like a diary mm -hmm. of, you know, the pandemic, which is not to say it's like a pandemic book. But, you know, it was like, I sort of my full time job was writing this book. And part of writing this book was playing a lot of golf. So I could be thinking about golf. And, you know, even though it was like a weirdly, you know, nobody really knew what was going on, especially, you know, before we sort of understood the virus, before we had all of these like vaccines and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I was just really sort of enjoying being in that space. And, you know, it's so interesting when you play golf with a stranger, you come away from that experience 
really, really knowing them because you're watching them experience, you know, the entire range of human emotion and they're watching you do the same. And it's just, you know, it's one of the few places where you can encounter someone from a wildly different walk of life with a wildly different perspective. And, you know, you are forced to get along with them because you're stuck with them. You know, this person, if you like met them, if you saw them tweet something and you didn't like, you might like get in an internet screaming match with them, but you can't do that because you're just playing 18 holes with them. You gotta, you gotta see their perspective and they have to see yours or else neither of you will have a good time. Yeah. How, how do you think playing golf has just made you a, a more well-rounded or just better person, you know, talk about how it really has helped your life. I think that I am able to put things in perspective more. Um, I am able to sort of assess something and say, okay, what is the best path forward? What are, it's like, you know, when you like play a hole and it's like a dog leg, right. And you see the fairway sloping a certain way, you're like, okay, well I need to, play a cut but except maybe if the fairway is sloping like you know the opposite of the dog leg uh maybe i need to like somehow weirdly like draw it in or like you know hit a three wood or something um and so sort of that like immediate planning for you know the next four moves or whatever i think has been really really helpful for me you know, one of the fascinating things as I as I go down the chapter list, and and I think we've been kind of talking around this, but uh, one of I think it's your final chapter is uh, um, how uh, how golf gave me the strength to suck, and I I think that's that's really that's a fascinating uh, thought, and and most golfers should be comfortable with their game, and I guess that's what you're saying. Um, Absolutely, yeah. We all want to be better. But but the notion of of uh, having a comfort level with your game is is really important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to bring another sport in, um, my girlfriend and I have just started playing basketball, just like going to a court and shooting around for fun. And I have found that, you know, when I'm really like concentrating on like my form and my technique when I'm taking a basketball shot, it never goes in. But if I just don't think about it and let myself shoot using what I've learned and trusting that, it's usually a much better shot. And, you know, having that experience in the past few weeks has really made me realize, oh, that's the same thing with golf, where, you know, if you're like, okay, I'm going to like, <clears throat> I'm going to keep my elbow tucked because I've been like, you know, slicing it or something, somehow that will just lead to you coming even more over the top. Yeah. In golf, we refer to that as the committee. I, I've got a committee that's in my head most of the time. And uh, uh, being able to kind of get one of them out at a time is, is, is helpful, but uh, there's, there's all those others left in there. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, Drew, you know, go ahead. I was going to say, and we all have the committee in our head basically all the time. And, you know, if I'm writing something and I let the committee tell me what is and is not a good sentence to write, I'm never getting done. You got to let the committee go on lunch break so you can, 
really be yourself. Scott, the next time uh, I start listening to voices in my head, just tell me the committee's got to go on lunch break. I don't know if I can repeat that enough, Frank. That's a tough assignment you're asking me right there. <laughs> Drew Millard is the uh, author of uh, How Golf Can Save Your Life. How can we get the book, Drew? Um, the best way is probably to go on bookshop.org and search How Golf Can Save Your Life. That will allow you to buy it through an independent bookseller. But if you're feeling lazy, just go to Amazon, type in How Golf Can Save Your Life, and you'll get it in a day. Either one's fine. Drew Millard, uh, author of How Golf Can Save Your Life. Uh, you continue to play golf in Philadelphia. We'll do it out here in Sacramento. And uh, who knows, someday uh, we may meet on the first tee and, and uh, try and figure out what's wrong with each of us. How's that? Love that. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour. We have wrapped up another hour. And uh, Scott, it's always fun talking golf and uh, to have uh, had Andy McDowell, the executive director of the Fortinet Championship, and Drew Millard with us today. It's been another good show. It always is a great hour, Frank. It just goes too fast. Uh, back uh, next week at uh, at the same time here on Sackdown Sports 1140. Thanks for joining us. Uh, keep it in the fairway. <laughs>